Hey, welcome to the Digest F1 podcast. My name is Arvin and I'm here with my sister, Leah. Hi. So on this podcast, we're just going to be talking about the Formula 1 season and we're going to be focusing um, more so on a point of view of uh, an experienced Formula 1 viewer, which is my sister, obviously. Uh, so on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the 2021 uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, which we just got done watching. Uh, so first of all, we're just going to talk about qualifying and stuff. So we had a pretty usual uh, top three with um, Max Verstappen of Red Bull taking pole and the two Mercedes drivers, Lewis Hamilton taking second and Valtteri Bottas taking third. And we also had a couple debuting uh, drivers. So we had firstly from Alpha Tauri, Yugi Sonoda, who was the second runner-up uh, in the F2 2020 F2 Championship last year. And we also had uh, two drivers debuting for Haas, which were Michael Sh- uh, Mick Schumacher, uh, f- who won the F2 Championship last year, and Nikita Mazbin, who came fifth. So, um, first things first, we're just going to talk about a little bit about some of the major events that happened. Uh, so, firstly, we had Sergio Perez on his debut for Red Bull. He, uh, he had some power issues on the formation lap before the race even began. And so, what was your, you know, thoughts going through when you saw that happen before the race even started? Uh, being my first F1 race, I was kind of confused, not going to lie. Um, but it did get me a little bit interested. So, it's like I wanted to keep watching because I really did go in with a mindset of, oh, I'm going to be bored during this entire thing. But it kind of caught my attention. So, I started to, you know, get a little bit invested in it. All right. Um, cool. So, uh that was a bit of the drama before the race started, but they eventually got it all figured it out. Figured out. So the first big thing that happened uh, as the race got on was uh, one of the new debuting drivers, uh, Nikita Mazepin for Haas. He actually spun out and retired uh, before he even finished one full lap. So um, I guess that doesn't bode well for Haas. You know them being historically since their inception the uh, kind of bottom team of the on the grid so uh what do you think about that i know some people would be pretty happy about nikita mazepin uh not doing too well in formula one yeah i remember you were telling me about some scandal he had last year but he didn't really come out as a good guy so i do think some people may have been happy that he didn't race again i'm kind of indifferent in it because i don't really know much but yeah yeah, so uh, again, a little more into some stuff that happened. So we had uh, one of the first big battles. Uh, and, you know, this being an open-wheel um, form of racing, uh, it's a lot more intense. So we had uh, McLaren's uh, Lando Norris and AlphaTauri's Pierre Gasly fighting for fourth place. So what do you think about that? You know, that was your first really idea as to the kind of racing that happens in Formula 1. So what do you, thought, what do you think about that especially uh i think it was pretty cool actually just seeing them uh kind of like battle for their place on the track um like i said i don't really know much so i can't really tell you about techniques and stuff like that but it did get me more invested and more interested in the race and how it would have turned out all right so um as we were watching i was kind of explaining some of the rules to her um and like what some of the flags mean so as Mazepin spun out, we had the uh, yellow flag come out and the safety car. And so I was just explaining some of the rules to her and that stuff. And then um, we saw some of the first uh, tyre changes. Uh, 
happening. So I kind of talked to her about how tire changes work in F1 and, you know, you have to do at least one per race. And I uh, kind of explained all the tires to her. So um, she has a little bit more understanding of the technical side of Formula One. You know, uh, so we're going to tell more events. Uh, so uh, obviously this race uh, was pretty intense. Uh, with Max Verstappen leading for most of the race. But uh, I think around uh, lap 18, Lewis Hamilton took over. And um, I think throughout the race, you were kind of backing Max Verstappen. So what do you think about when Lewis Hamilton took him over? Um, I'm just going to start off by saying I my bias is solely based off their attractiveness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was kind of mad when Lewis came in and took Verstappen's place. And I was hoping that throughout the race, he would have gotten it back. Uh, you know, I had a lot of faith in him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, usually, uh, in a lot of these races, overtaking is a pretty... It's not the easiest thing to do. So I was explaining that to her as well, how um, a lot of overtaking uh, tends to happen with uh, pit stops and, you know, using strategies like that. So... Speaking of pit stops, she also had like a terrible pit stop a little bit later for uh, Mercedes second driver, Valtteri Bottas, where they had uh, problems with the front right tyre and it caused them to have like a really, really long stop. And it seems that Mercedes don't have a very good track record in Bahrain because last year they had some issues as well with pit stops. So uh, as history kind of repeating itself there. And as... Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about like um so we had Fernando Alonso coming back uh after like two years of being retired. So he's now the second oldest racer. So um what do you think about you know, so right now the oldest driver is Kimi Raikkonen. I believe he's like forty three years old and Fernando Alonso is around thirty nine. So what do you think about like these these older guys being with like such of the younger guys? Because we know Yuki Sonoda, who's one of the debutants, he's like twenty years old, so what do you think about these these older guys like um i think these grandpas should get off the truck i'm kidding i don't really know that much about them but um i feel like they should retire at this point like they've established themselves and make way for like the new drivers the debutants like what we were talking about like yugi sonoda and um, mick schumacher and all those guys um yeah that's just my opinion well, you see, the, the problem with that is um, in order to get into F1, they have this system called uh, the super license. So that's the basically what you need to get into F1. And you need 40 points on that, and you get points by um, winning races and winning championships in the lower divisions. So in order to get those 40 points, you have to... I think the, first, the top three in F2, they get 40 points on their license, and they get basically automatically get into formula one but you don't only earn super license points when you're in formula two you earn it throughout your entire racing career almost every single racing division you give you super license points and so basically that's the reason that not so much of the younger guys are in formula one because they don't have enough points on their license so why didn't you tell me this before i started calling these guys grandpas dude i mean i mean uh, it's funny still. 
Uh, no, but most of these guys, especially someone like Kimi Raikkonen, who's been in Formula One since two thousand, so he's like twenty years in Formula One. He's he's basically doing this as a hobby at this point. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a little bit more. We had a we had some uh one of the first collisions. Uh, between racers on um, lap 45. Uh, I think it was Vettel and Ocon. They they had a bit of a a bad time with Vettel hitting Ocon uh, when he locked up his brakes and stuff. Uh, so what do you think about that? I think that was the first time you saw these like rockets basically hitting each other. <laughs> yeah, I did rephrase it as rockets. Um, I couldn't, I honestly don't really have an opinion, but to me, I couldn't imagine how, like, crazy that must have been for them going at that speed and then just, you know, having something like that happen so suddenly. I would have been scared out of my mind. Yeah, well, these cars are a lot safer now because, um, you know, back in the day, especially, like, the 60s, 70s, there was a lot of deaths. Like, Formula 1 as a sport was just pretty unsafe. But over the years, uh, I think um, in the last decade uh, the last 20 years so since 2000 basically there's only been one death and before that and that death was in 2015 and before that it was like 1994 was the last time someone died so most of the times these cars are like really strong they, they might look like they're not that strong but they're like built real bad because you could tell because you remember i showed you the video of the crash room in grosjean had at that same track last year Basically, what happened is, is he crashed into a barrier and his car split in half and lit on fire. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so... Um, kind of cool. It was kind of a testament to, like, some of the safety measures that Formula 1 has um, kind of introduced over the last, like, five years or so. Yeah, it's really weird to see how much um, Formula 1 has changed over the years in terms of safety. But... Uh, it, it The race started to get a little more exciting around... Um, you know, in the closing laps of the race when uh, Lewis Hamilton's tyres were kind of uh, going down because I think he had, like, his 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 tyres were, like, 10 laps older than Max Verstappen. And at this point, uh, Lewis Hamilton was leading the race for, I think, about, like, 20, 30 laps at this point because um, after he had overtaken Max Verstappen. So it started to get a little more interesting. Uh, so basically... I think it was on uh, lap 53, uh, Max Verstappen um, kind of overtook Lewis Hamilton and, like, Aliyah was in her glee. I really was. I really was. Um, because one thing I learned about um, throughout uh, throughout the race was something called DRS, which is apparently you have to be within a second. A of, second of the car in front of you. Of the car in front of you, so you can put on... Basically, it's a, the DRS stands for drag reduction system. So basically, I believe uh, I was listening to the commentators and they said it's like equivalent to about an extra 19 kilometers an hour. Damn, yeah, that's fast. So, so you have to be like within one second of the car in front of you. And it kind of gives you a little one-up, but you could only use it in like certain places on the track. So there's three zones on every track. Mm-hmm. And those zones are specifically meant to be able to use DRS. So most of those zones... typically are on like um long streets of track Mm -hmm. yeah so that's where they typically place uh drs zones um but but uh, i guess she she got a little rude awakening because max verstappen kind of went off the track in order to get that place and 
he had to give it back so Lewis Hamilton he didn't actually pass him which um I could see on her face was a little bit annoyed so what was going through your mind there because you see this guy you want to win pass the guy you want to lose and then he have to give him back the place so what happened I was so confused when you explained to me exceeding track limits I was like so you're just not allowed to do whatever you want you're literally driving a go-kart dude but uh a high-powered one (laughs) yeah but i was kind of i was kind of upset but when you explained to me like exceeding track limits um and stuff it did seem fair to give it back even though i still wanted him to win but whatever yeah um it it, i mean it happens it happened to max uh i believe in 2018 in in the u.s grand prix he actually overtook kimi raikkonen for third place on the like last corner of the race and he had to give it up because all because at least one wheel has to remain on track uh, that's how it works so if all four wheels um off the track completely you have to you lose the place and normally what i found weird too is they didn't give him a penalty normally they would give him like a five second penalty which they would like add on to his final race time but they they gave him back um they told him to give back Lewis the place, which I guess it it was in the last lap, so maybe it didn't make any sense to give the the penalty back. So they end up just telling him give the place back instead of giving him the five second penalty. Because I'm sure if it was the last lap, they probably would have given him the five the five seconds instead of um instead of giving him giving Lewis back the place. So this is the first time in a while that Red Bull has really been giving Mercedes hell. Like they've been dominant. But they've not been Mercedes dominant. So, what do you what do you think about it? Because you don't know much about how dominant Mercedes has been. So, what do you what was your like idea of Red Bull or and Mercedes from the race that you saw today? Well, I don't really know much about their interactions like through the past seasons. Um, but it what I did see like I did notice that in this race, Mercedes and Red Bull were neck and neck all the time. Um, it was always is Lewis gonna um overtake? Is Verstappen gonna overtake? Stuff like that. Yeah, because usually it's a lot more um one sided. It's either Red Bull dominates this weekend or Mercedes dominates this weekend, and usually it's Mercedes. So overall, I think it was a pretty good race. Uh, we had Lewis obviously finishing uh, in first place with Max in second and Valtteri Bottas in uh, third and. For the top 10, we had uh, Norris in 4th, Perez in 5th, which he made a pretty big comeback after what happened to him on the first lap. We had uh, Leclerc in 6th, and I guess Ferrari making a big comeback. They finished with both their drivers in the top 10 because they had a pretty dismal season last year. I think they like finished 6th, which is like their worst finish since, like I believe, it was 1980, I believe they said. Right. Yeah, so we had Leclerc in 6th, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, who debuted for McLaren in 7th, uh, the other Ferrari driver, Carlos Sainz, in eighth. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, debutant, which was pretty good for him on his debut. He debuted ninth, so at, um, so points on his debut for him. And then we had uh, uh, Lance Stroll in the new Aston Martin team, finishing tenth. So overall, it was a pretty exciting race. Um, what do you think about it for it being your first um, full-length Formula 1 race that you've sat and watched? Um, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, I was, like I said, hoping that Max Verstappen would have won. But, you know, he must go to the King, Lewis Hamilton, I guess. Um, but 
it was cool to see how the race really works. I got to see little mishaps and stuff like that. Yeah, and I got to learn about DRSs and how drivers could basically use it to their advantage so they can gain momentum on the track. Um, I got to learn about different tires and how important they are, which I didn't even really think that was such a big thing. And overall, I just really like got to see how competitive everything was because I went in with the mindset like, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of dudes driving around a circle. <laughs> but it was actually pretty entertaining and it was pretty cool. So I would look forward to watching the next race on April 18th. Where is that going to be? I believe it's going to be at Imola in Italy in about three weeks time. Ooh, pizza. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's uh, that's about it for uh, this, this recap of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I guess we'll see you in about uh, three weeks for the Italian Grand Prix. All right. Grazie ragazzi. Arrivederci.